0: We're going to continue on in our series. We've been going through the book of Galatians. And uh, last week, we parked in chapter 5. And we talked about the importance of walking in the freedom that Christ has secured for us. That's good news, right? And we sang about it this morning. Christ has set us free so that we might walk in the freedom that he has for us. Right? Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1. For Christ, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Right? And then Paul says, stand firm, therefore. And don't submit again to a a yoke of slavery. Man, don't go back to what what you once were. Walk in the freedom. I thank God, as my brother said, I thank God for the second chance that I've been given to not have to go back to what I was, but I can pursue the freedom that God has designed for me to walk in. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore. And that freedom that we've received has been given us and has enabled us to say, to say no to the things that were consistent with our old nature but are inconsistent with our new nature in Christ. I don't have to go back to the way I was. I don't have to walk in bondage. I don't have to walk in addiction. I don't have to walk in fear. I don't have to walk in failure. The power of darkness has been broken over my life. For freedom, Christ has set me free, and he that the Son sets free is free indeed. And I've been set free to live and to say no to the things that are inconsistent with my new nature and to say yes to the things that God calls me to. Yes, to the things that God has for me. Yes, to the things that God calls for me and provides for me to walk in. We've been set free. We looked at this idea of walking in freedom. This week, we're gonna be looking at walking by the Spirit. Walking by the Spirit. Galatians chapter five and Verse 16, Paul says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Paul gives us clear remedy. If you don't want to walk according to the desires of your flesh, then walk by the Spirit. He says it again in verse 25. I like this. He says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. I like that. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Did you ever go for a walk with somebody who's like taller than you and, or, or much shorter than you and their pace is very different than yours is? I'm not a tall guy, and so I, I like, you know, if I go walking with somebody tall, it's like, that's not fair. I've got to dig every two steps for one of theirs. I'm like, yeah, I'm coming, I'm coming, like, you know, and, like, you get exhausted. It's not easy if you're not, you know, if you're you're challenged in in that way, right? It's tough to stay in step with people sometimes if they're at a different pace than you are. Well, what, what Paul says here is, man, if you live by the Spirit, you will walk in step with the Spirit, you see, if I look and see that, I, and this idea of walking in step with the Spirit, I might look at that and say, I can't possibly keep in pace with what God has for me. I can't pull that off. I can't walk in that. But what we see here is if I will just yet live by the Spirit, if I will allow the Holy Spirit to influence and inform my life, I will be able to keep in step with the Spirit. You know, the Spirit is walking with you towards Christ-likeness in your life right and when i'm walking in step with the spirit i get to where god wants me to go it's when i detour that i get sidetracked and i'm not walking and so if we live by the spirit let us also keep in step with the spirit last week, we saw what it looks like to walk in the flesh. that was real fun right like you know nobody wants, nobody wants to walk in the flesh nobody wants to we see that the flesh brings death, the spirit brings life, the flesh brings bondage the spirit brings freedom and we see this idea that we, we, we saw the the, the the ramifications of of what happens when somebody 's walking in the flesh and this week, we want to kind of move from that and start talking about not walking in the flesh, but now what does it mean to walk? in or by the Spirit. Some of your translations will say in the Spirit, some will say by the Spirit, which is the right way. There's actually not a Greek word there that's in place, and so the proper, in my opinion, the the proper definition there is actually walking by the Spirit because I'm not to walk in the Spirit because the Spirit is in me, right? I don't walk in a cloud, a mist, and some people will say that's what it means to walk in the Spirit, and they're like woo, no walk by the spirit right the spirit I'm not in the spirit the spirit is in me as we'll look at in a moment and as the spirit is in me I am to walk accordingly to the spirit and so last week again we saw what it looked like to walk according to the flesh this week I want us to take a moment and and consider what does it look like to walk by the spirit now to help us kind of understand this concept I want to give us I want to give some, some context here um, when the scripture makes reference to this idea of walking, it has to do with, with how a person lives their life. It has to do with their journey. It has to do with their priority, where they're going, what's their path, right? How are they getting from point A to point B? It's their modus operandi. It's how they live or how they, they, they walk in their, their life. The scripture makes reference to, to this idea of walking. From, it's replete all throughout. Deuteronomy chapter 10 and verse 12. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God and to walk in all his ways? To love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. We see again in in, in Psalm 81, God says, Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. Walk in my ways. The psalmist opens up chapter 1, Blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly, or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of the scorn, of the scoffers but, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, right? And so again, it's this, it's this idea of we want to walk according to the ways of the Lord, not walk according to the counsel of the ungodly. The scripture is replete with this kind of terminology of walking in the ways of God. In fact, as we consider the blessings of the, of the new covenant that we, we talked about in, in our Elder Kenny so beautifully mentioned it, it, this morning, this, this idea of this new covenant that has been secured in the blood of Christ that we celebrate each time we come to the communion table. Ezekiel prophesies about what this new covenant would bring. Ezekiel chapter 36 and verse 26, he writes, God says, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and I'll give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. I love that. I will put my spirit within you and my spirit within you. He will cause you to walk in my statues and to be careful or to be attentive to obeying my rules. You see, in the Old Testament, we see this promise in the Old Testament that there'll be a time when the Holy Spirit will come not just upon the church, but within the church. You see, in the Old Testament, under under the Old Covenant, it was very different. The Holy Spirit was not in the midst of all the people of God. The Holy Spirit would descend upon a select man or a select woman for a specific pers- purpose for a specific time. And then he would remove himself. And so this, this, this was under the Old Covenant. But the New Covenant would, under, would usher in a new reality... And that's what I say, I, Ezekiel is prophesying about. I will put my spirit within you and he will cause my statutes to be lived out. He will cause you to walk these things out. In John chapter 14, we see Jesus is talking to his disciples. It is... It is nearing the end of his ministry. The disciples have been, have been walking with Jesus for three years. They had been with him. They had listened to him. They had learned from him. They had ate with him. They had ministered with him. I mean, they had seen Jesus was, was with them. And now, as it's nearing the end of Jesus's earthly ministry, the time is coming where he was going to leave the earth. And he's been making more and more comments about that to the point where the disciples were getting a little bit unsettled, a little concerned. What is that going to mean for us? And Jesus says these such comforting words in John chapter 14. He says to them, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me, in my Father's house and many rooms. If it weren't so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you, but I'm going and I'm preparing a place for you so that where I am, you you may be also. I'm going away, but you're gonna see me again. And I'm going in such a way so that where I am, you may be also. His disciples obviously are concerned, perhaps even scared what is this going to mean for them? They had, as I said, they had been walking with Jesus for all those years. That was their reality. What will come of them now? And Jesus continues and says to them, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. I like that. This another helper is actually one just like me is what Jesus is referring to. God in your presence, another helper. And he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Speaking of the Holy Spirit that is going to come upon the church. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. This one, listen guys, I have walked with you these three years. I am going away, but I'm not leaving you as orphans. Another one, just like myself, is going to come, and he will not walk with you, but he will be in you. And he will be with you forever. And so the Holy Spirit, who, unlike Jesus, walked with them, the Holy Spirit will now be in his disciples, just like Ezekiel prophesied about, would be ushered in in this new covenant you fast forward a little bit and, and and now we're 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 you know Jesus is arrested right he's betrayed he's arrested he's crucified he dies he rises again he walks amongst the people for 40 days and and then right prior to his ascension into heaven he says to his disciples listen you will receive power when the holy spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and all the other parts of the earth. He's reminding them, listen, this isn't the end of the story, right? You, The Holy Spirit, he will come. The one Ezekiel talked about, the one I talked about, you just wait and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And it was not long after that, that these disciples are in the upper room and they are praying in a Honda, I mean in an accord, right? They are in one accord in Acts chapter, just want to make sure you're listening, right? And they're in the upper room and they are praying and suddenly, I love this, in Acts chapter two, verse two, and suddenly, suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Could you just take a moment of pause and imagine what that must have been like? A lot of times we think, wow, that must have been really cool to feel a wind go. No, 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 it's not that a wind came through. He says the only thing we can kind of possibly compare this to is like a, is like a mighty rushing wind. I don't know how else to possibly describe the, the, the arrival of the Holy Spirit upon the church, but it's kind of like, I don't know, like this mighty rushing wind that it comes upon them as they're, as they're in prayer. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each each one of them, just like the Spirit rested on some of them in the Old Testament. But now, different from the Old Testament, now they are all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Wow that which was prophesied centuries earlier, that which Jesus had talked about, the Holy Spirit arrives on the scene. And it is at this moment that the church of Jesus Christ is birthed. When the Holy Spirit took up residence in the followers of Jesus, we see that fulfillment that Ezekiel prophesied about centuries earlier that this one Holy Spirit will come within us and he will teach us and show us how to walk in the ways of God. And It's a fulfillment of what Jesus talked about, this one who will come and he will not just be with you, he will be in you and he will lead you and bring to your remembrance all the things that I have taught you, Jesus said. He will come and he will take up residence within you and he will teach you how to walk. And just as, we, as was promised in Ezekiel 36, the Holy Spirit within you will enable you to walk the path that God has called you to walk in. Why did I spend so much time on, on that this morning? Because I want you to know that when God calls you to walk in the Spirit or walk by the Spirit, he has provided a way for you to accomplish that which he's calling you to do. This idea of walking by the Spirit is not the result of just your mere efforts. It was a bigger plan that predates your arrival on the scene. It is God, the Holy Spirit, arriving not just around you, but in you to fulfill his plan and purposes for your life so that you might walk this walk that God has called us to there is nothing that God requires of you that the holy spirit in you will not give you the ability to accomplish you know that i mean god's not cruel i have done that to my kids a couple of times we were like hey you know trying to do this knowing full well they can't do that like you know let me see you move the car you know like pick it up you know yeah. god doesn't do that god, god doesn't like God doesn't say, here's how I want you to live. Here's what I want you to do, fully knowing we can't possibly do it. But God gives us the ability and the grace to pull off that which he's called us to do and to do it in a way that's honoring to God and pleasing to him. There's nothing the Holy Spirit would call you to do that doesn't give you the ability to do. And so as we saw last week, the the ability to say no to the desires of the flesh is directly connected to our willingness to walk in the spirit. When that person says, I just can't do that. Well, what are you filling your mind with? What are you filling your time with? He says in verse 16, I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. To walk by his spirit is to ask the Holy Spirit to chart your course. To be led by him, not to be led by yourself, not to be led by others, not to be led by the wisdom of man or what makes sense to you. To be led by the spirit is to allow the Holy Spirit to chart your course to go where he would want you to go, to say what he would have you to say, to be what he would have you to be, to love like Jesus did, to walk like Jesus did, to live like Jesus did. That's easy enough, isn't it? It's impossible for us alone, but possible as we rely on, and walk by the Holy Spirit. Okay, pastor, I got it. So all I gotta do, just walk by the Spirit. Great. How? How do I do that? You see, my guess is you want to do that You wouldn't be here this morning. You wouldn't be investing in time on a Sunday morning if there wasn't something in you that says, I want to be what God wants me to be. I want to be pleasing to God. I want to fulfill my purpose for being. I want to walk in step with the Spirit. How do I do it? I want to take a look at five different things this morning that will help put you on a path of walking by the Spirit. Because in the end of the day, God's word equips us on how to fulfill what God has called us to do. So five things, how how do I walk by the Spirit? Number one, recognize your dependence on the Holy Spirit. Recognize your dependence on the Holy Spirit. I love what Paul writes in Romans chapter seven, that, that, that bit of a tongue twister, right? He's like, you know, for I, I do not, he says in verse, uh, verse 15, he says, I do not understand my own actions. Have you ever felt like that? Like, why do I do the things that I do sometimes? He's like, the things that I don't want to do, I find myself doing. And the things that I do want to do, I don't do how many can relate with Paul sometimes they're like man that's so frustrating why in the world and he says I don't understand my own my own actions but he says this in verse 18 he says for I know this though I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh let's just stop there for a moment he, he's, he's not demeaning the work of Christ in his life. He's not, he's not making light of who you are in Jesus Christ. What he's saying here is, I know that nothing good dwells in me. That is in my own flesh. In other words, when left to my own devices, me apart from God is a train wreck, is what he's saying. He goes, look, for I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry out. I mean, can anybody ever say that the scripture like, is not relatable to today? How many have whispered or screamed those words out, right? I had the desire to do what is right. I just don't have a clue on how to do it. In other words, what Paul is saying here is, if left to my own ability to what makes sense to me, to my own logic, to my own past experiences, I will always pursue the desires of the flesh because nothing good in my flesh dwells. When I walk independently from God, the desires of the flesh become that much more appealing, don't they? You ever have those moments where you feel disconnected from God, you don't need to raise your hand? But it's in those moments that the, the appeal, the draw, the enticing of sin becomes that much more appealing. He, the enemy, he isolates you so he can infiltrate you, right? And we don't struggle with sin, maybe, maybe in, in during worship service. It's usually, it's kind of like safe zone, right? For the most part, right? When I walk independently from God, the things of the world, the things of my flesh, become that much more appealing. Can I can I tell you that I live with constant awareness of my dependence upon the Holy Spirit? I, I don't say that to brag, and <laughs> that's certainly not. That's I'm not saying that to sound humble. I'm just very self aware. I just recognize that if I'm not relying on the Holy Spirit, I'm relying on me, and I have gotten me in trouble many a time. Right? When I recognize how much I need the Holy Spirit to walk this walk, when I go into my day aware of the sin that will be around me, the temptations that will be before me, the unashamed display of impurity in the world around us, I recognize my dependence on the Holy Spirit of God within me and appeal to his filling in my life to inform the way I should live my life. When I recognize what is awaiting me, I recognize the fact that I need him. Every single day, he is my daily bread. I am constantly aware of my need for God in my life. To walk by the Spirit requires our recognition of our dependence upon the Holy Spirit in our lives. Secondly, Recognize it depends on the Holy Spirit. It's number two, relinquish control of your will. Isn't that easy? Just relinquish control of your will. That's hard sometimes. But that's, that's how Jesus taught us to pray, right? Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I mean, here is Jesus, he's in the garden, fully knowing what the next number of hours is gonna bring him. And he says, Father, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. You cannot walk in the spirit without relinquishing your will to God. Why do we pray? We pray to recognize certainly our need for God, but we pray to have our will aligned with God's will. That the more I'm bringing my petition before the Lord, the more he is informing and tweaking and adjusting and changing my will. It's not that God's looking to get, looking to get in on my will, right? Right? but I need to hear the will of God. Sometimes our unwillingness to relinquish our will is the very thing that keeps us from walking by the Spirit. What are you holding on to? That's a hard question to answer. Sometimes, like what, what, let me just kind of get in your business a little bit. What keeps you from fully letting go and giving yourself to God? And if you can identify that, give that back to God. Relinquish your will. Because when you relinquish your will, you you become a recipient of God's best In your life, and it allows you to walk by the Spirit. And as you're walking by the Spirit, the blessings of God, the peace of God, the joy of the Lord, all the things that God has for you becomes your reality. relinquish control, of you will. Remember the words of James in chapter 4 and verse 13. He says, now come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town, we'll spend a year there, right? We'll vacation, we'll trade, we'll, we'll make a profit, we'll do our thing. Yet, James says, you do not even know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes, puts things in perspective. He says, instead, what you ought to say is if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. To walk by the Spirit means that we let go of our agenda. We let go of those things that we think God needs to do. We relinquish our will and we take a posture of humility and says, God, I recognize my dependence upon you and I relinquish my will into your hands. Recognize your dependence on the Holy Spirit. Relinquish your will. Number three, respond to his word. Respond to his word. Notice I didn't say read his word. A lot of people that read the word know the word. They just don't respond to the word, right? The word that's not lived out doesn't do us any good. It's the response to the word. It's the application of God's word. Look what Timothy says. Paul says to Timothy in chapter in the 2nd Timothy chapter 3. He says, All scripture is breathed out by God, and it's profitable for teaching and for reproof and for correction and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Paul is saying, listen, everything you need to understand the path that God is calling you to is laid out in the Word of God. It is it is given by God. It is breathed out by God and it's profitable. It's helpful for teaching and reproof and correction and training in righteousness. If you want to know how in the world am I to live this thing out let the word of God inform you. Let the word of God illumine you so that you can see the path that God has for you. That's what the psalmist said in chapter 119, 119, 105. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I love the picture that we have there. Your word is what lights up the pathway. Void of your word, I'm walking in darkness. Void of your word, I'm bumping into things and people and obstacles and I get lost and I go in different directions, but your word lights up the path for me your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. To that one who wants to walk in the ways of God, that one who who wants to walk by the Spirit, you cannot walk by the Spirit without being in the word of God. It is God's word that lights up the pathway for you and I to walk in. Amen. We need to recognize our dependence upon the Holy Spirit. We need to relinquish our will. And you see, you can't just, you can't relinquish your will without recognizing your dependence upon the Holy Spirit. The more you recognize your dependence on the Holy Spirit, the lot easier it is to relinquish your will. And then we need to be informed by his word, right? Respond to his word. Number four, relationship over religion how I walk by the Spirit, it is relationship over religion. Sadly, so many Christians get so focused on the do's and don'ts that they fail to pursue and enjoy a passionate relationship with the Savior. Listen, it's all about relationship. Relationship. That's what this thing is all about. That's, what this, that's why Christ came. This whole thing was put in motion so that you and I can walk in, in relationship with our creator. The blood that Jesus shed, the going to the cross, the rising from the dead, was well, so that you and I can walk in relationship. And so many people fail to enjoy, enjoy that because they get so stuck in religiosity and rules and regulations and do this and don't do that and they fail to appreciate the relationship that they can have with their creator. If you want to walk in the spirit you must be in a thriving relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not a force. The Holy Spirit is not a mist. The Holy Spirit is very God of very God the third person of the Trinity He is a person, and it is the Holy Spirit and our dependence upon him and the relationship we have with him that we are to walk and lean and depend upon him, and we are to grow in our love of the Holy Spirit. Now, you know how to do that, because in the end of the day, you have relationships in your own life. You know what it is to develop relationships. You know what it is to to grow deeper and deeper in your relationship with somebody, right? Right? I find you know the longer you're married isn't it funny after a while you start to you start to think the same. That's scary? Come on now. The guys are like stop it, stop it, stop it. But you do, you start you start to think the same, you you start to talk the same, you start to like laugh at the same jokes, as stupid as they may be sometimes, you know? you kind of take on some of the same likes and and dislikes. And what's going on? Are Are you like losing your mind? No, you're becoming one. And you see, the longer you're on a journey with somebody, the longer you're walking with them, whether it's a spouse or a close friend or a parent or a child or whatever it is, the more you are in relationship in a greater depth with somebody, the more you kind of take on the likes and hates and the loves and drives of that person. But you can't, you can't be in a good relationship without communicating with them. You can't be in a great relationship with, without having, spending time with them, without prioritizing them, without putting them first. Well, it's the same thing in our pursuit and development, developing our relationship with God. Talk to him. I mean, do you realize that, that the same one who said, let there be light, and there was light the same one who spun into existence all that which is the same one who came and was born of a virgin and went to a cross and died for us and rose again that same one invites us into an intimate relationship with him I mean, that trumps any religious effort whatsoever. And sometimes we get stuck in the do's and don'ts and we miss this loving, thriving relationship that we are to have with God. Paul says to the church at Ephesus in chapter five and verse 18, he says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. He says, don't be drunk with wine we're in his excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that word be is actually, it's, it's, it's a verb, it's not a one-time thing, it's, it's this idea of be being filled. In other words, it's not a one and done kind of a thing. And it's this invitation to, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, what does that mean? Does that mean that I get more of the Holy Spirit? No, as I said before, the Holy Spirit is a person. Right, he, he, he's, not, he's not like a he, he's not, um, he doesn't communicate himself Or present himself in some kind of a volume Kind of a thing like we get this much Of the Holy Spirit No, he is a person And so when we're called to be filled with the Holy Spirit It doesn't mean that we're getting more of the Holy Spirit It means that the Holy Spirit is getting more of us and when I, when I recognize, and so how do I let him get more of us? I let go of the things that are inconsistent with the things of God, and I relinquish my will, and I depend upon him. Right? I recognize my, my need for him. I learn and, 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 and appreciate who he is and respond to who he is through his word, and I choose relationship over religion. And, I, and that feeling allows me to walk in the direction that God has for me. But it means going after. You know, God loves when his people chase after him. You know that? You'll seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. And God is looking for you and for me to search after him with all of our hearts. That's what David, David said in Psalm 42. He said, as the deer pants after the water brook, so my soul longs after you, O God, or pants after you, O God. What a beautiful picture that we have of what our posture towards God ought to be. David's like, when I think of you, God, I so long to be with you. It's like a deer that's panting after the water brook. Religion can never get you there. It is only through relationship. It is only after passionately pursuing the lover of your soul. As you passionately pursue the lover of your soul, the things that God loves, you'll find yourself loving. And the things that God despises, you'll find yourself despising. Recognize your dependence on the Holy Spirit. Relinquish your will. Respond to his word. Relationship over religion. And number five, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. You know, sometimes we can get so distracted by all of the negativity of of everything that's going on around us that we can fail to recognize, recognize the goodness of God in the land of the living, I mean, we live in such a negative culture right now. There's so much negativity. There's so much negative conversations, and everybody's against that. It's kind of like, you've got to go out of your way to not get caught up in that. And so many times we, we, we fail to recognize the goodness of God as we, as we opened up this morning. It's like, let's take those moments of pause and just give thanks to God for his goodness, his faithfulness. I mean, I don't know about you, but I was on my way to hell. Yes. Lost eternally separated from God, and Jesus stepped in. And I'll tell you what, if he does nothing else for me, that's more than anything I'll ever deserve. Rejoice in the Lord. When we rejoice in the Lord, our focus gets off of ourselves and onto him. We can get so consumed sometimes with what's coming our way. Who did this to us? Why did they say that? Why isn't this working? Me, 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 me. And we can get so caught up in what is going on in our life that we could fail to realize that God is at work in the midst of it all. And I look at, instead of what others have done for, to me, I think about what he's done for me. And when I think about what he's done for me, it puts everything into perspective, doesn't it? That's what worship does. Worship, it it literally means worthship in the Latin, right? It's, It's this idea of, it's ascribing worth to God. That's what worship is. When we, come in the, when we come in the morning and, and we begin to sing, we're not just having a sing-along kumbaya kind of a moment. No, we are, I mean, we are connecting with God. We are ascribing worth. We are recognized. We are in the audience of one who is far above anything else that we've ever experienced. He is holy. He is unlike anything else. And the more we worship him, the more our perspective comes into greater focus. Because we were created to worship God. We were created. We are invited. We are at our best. We are firing in all cylinders when we're worshiping God. Not just, please understand, I'm not just talking about singing a song. Worship is all of life. And anything we do for God is an act of worship. The psalmist says, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Sometimes we're like, oh Lord, this is happening. What's going on here? And I can't believe Thee did this. And what's gonna come before the Lord's presence and singing. No, he says, know that the Lord He is God. I love that. Your, your boss is not God. Your spouse is not God. Your children are not God. Your bank account is not God. Your health is not your God. The Lord, he is God. He is sovereign over it all. It is he who has made us <laughs> and not we ourselves. We are his people, the psalmist says. We're his peeps. (laughs) He chose you. We are his people. We're the sheep of his pasture. He chose you to be in relationship with him. And because of that, the psalmist says, enter his gates with thanksgiving in in your hearts enter his courts with praise be thankful unto him and bless his name for his mercy is ever if the lord is good and his mercy is everlasting i'm making say this morning that the lord is good in the worst of circumstances god you're good in the most difficult of times lord i know you're good His mercy is everlasting. And his truth, it endures to all generations. What an encouragement, comfort comfort to know that God does not change. His truth then is his truth today and will be his truth forever. His truth endures for all generations. when I rejoice in the Lord, I don't have time to focus on me, my problems, my trials, what he said, what she said. My eyes get off of my worry, off of my fears, and my faith gets fed. And my focus gets sharpened. And I'm able to walk by the Spirit, able to hear as Jesus said, the Holy Spirit would do and bring to remembrance all the things that Jesus taught us that 's why you need to be in the Word right so we can bring to remembrance you can't remember things you didn't put in there hello right can't give what you don't have can't remember what you never learned. you ever read in your Bible you can think to yourself i'm not getting anything out of it. Read it anyway some 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 of the word will produce Some of the word will produce immediate fruit and some some of the word will land as a seed to be grown and sprouted over time and at the right time, the Holy Spirit will bring it to your remembrance. Be in the word. The psalmist says in chapter 37, with this I'll close, he says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed, I love this, feed on his faithfulness. What do you feast on? Feed. On his faithfulness. Sometimes we feed on negativity. We feed on insecurities. We feed on people. We feed on whatever. We feed on everything other than the faithfulness of God. You know, I think we need to have a buffet on the faithfulness of God once in a while. We need to binge, right? We need to like overdose on the faithfulness of God where we take those moments of pause and we think about the many ways in which God has stepped into our life and spared us from so much things that we deserved and you know what those are just the things we know about eternity will reveal the many times that God stepped into our life and spared us and we didn't even know about it commit your way to the Lord I'm sorry delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart delight yourself in the Lord delight yourself in the Lord listen that's that's a call to action, that is a that is a that is a choice that we have to make. There are sometimes that we got to kind of like push through the mess and say, No, I don't feel it. I don't smell it. I don't want it. I don't I, what. I, but I'm going to choose to delight myself in the Lord, and I got to get out of the stuff for a little while and rise above and see over it all and delight myself in God. Delight yourself in the Lord. I like what he says here. And he will give you the desires of your heart. God knows what you need. God knows what he has for you. That doesn't mean like God's gonna give you every desire you want. What it means here is if you'll delight yourself in the Lord, he will put into you the things you ought to be desiring. He will put into your heart the things that will bring fulfillment and purpose so that you might walk in the destiny and the plan that he has for you. And see, when you're walking into that, that's where the joy comes. That's where the peace comes. That's where the, the impact comes. That's where the, the fulfilling comes. That's where no matter what's going on around you, you've got this sure confidence that says, man, I know in whom I have believed and I am persuaded that he is able to keep That which I've committed unto him. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Some of you have waited a long time, I know. Sometimes God's clock is different than our clock. But that doesn't mean he's not at work, that doesn't mean he's forgotten. Delay is not denial keep committing your way to the Lord and as you're committing your way to the Lord as you're delighting in the Lord as you're recognizing your dependence on the Holy Spirit as you're relinquishing relinquishing your will as you're responding to his word as you're choosing relationship over religion as you're rejoicing in the Lord you position yourself to walk by the Spirit when you're walking by the Spirit, there are characteristics that will be left behind in your life. Fruit that is consistent with the character of God. It's what we call the fruit of the Spirit. And that's what we're gonna take a look at next week. So Father, thank you for your word. For truly, it is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We thank you for how it does instruct us in in righteousness. Father, thank you for a church family that wants to hear this. Thank you for a church family that's hungry for truth. Thank you for a church that wants to honor you Thank you for a church that challenges me to bring the word. I pray, Holy Spirit, that we would take these words and we would respond in a way that's pleasing to you. That out of our lives, that Jesus would be seen and glorified. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.